let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Well, I mentioned in Joys and Concerns the forest fires in New South Wales. I want you all to keep that thought in mind this morning and throughout the week, hopefully. I also want to talk about something Rebecca and I have done. We all like to talk about ourselves and what we do, right? It's apropos, I believe. In all the parsonages we've ever lived in, we've always planted a fig tree. Something we've done. We like figs. And I know some of you do too, right? But we also, it was, I think it was in September of 2012, we went over to San Angelo one day. We were in El Dorado at the time. For those of you who are not familiar with the geography out in that part of the state, if you live in El Dorado, if you want much of anything, you go to San Angelo. So we had gone over to San Angelo one day to go to HEB and run some other errands, and I ran by Tractor Supply. And you know what? They had all their fruit trees on sale for $9.99. I thought, well, now there's a deal. So I bought a peach tree, and I took it home, and I planted it. Well, June of 13 came around, and there weren't any peaches. But, you know, what do you expect? But by June of 14, I had to prop up a couple of the branches with two-by-fours to keep, because they were so loaded. I should, you know, now, now my, whatever you call him, extension agent friend there, who used to be the county extension agent there in Slacker County, said, well, you know, you ought to go cut out like every second or third one, and they'll get bigger. But I don't know. They don't get that much bigger. And I never cut them out. But anyway, we got a bunch of peaches off of the peach tree, not off of the fig tree. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of James, the third chapter. Consider the word of the Lord. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a small member yet it boasts of great exploits. 
How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body. It sets on fire the cycle of nature and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of bird, of reptile, and sea creatures can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Merciful and loving God, God who created the heavens and the earths and my brothers and sisters. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, what a passage. If we could learn the lessons in this passage, talk about going a long way toward making the kingdom of heaven manifest for everyone. Wow. Of course, James, okay, James starts out here saying that we ought not, many of us, be teachers. Why? Because we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Moreover, you know, it's a bad thing to make a mistake if you're teaching somebody what is supposedly an eternal truth. And James says that those of us who do will be judged even more harshly than those who don't. You know, there are a lot of people who want to be teachers but probably ought not be. But also, the secret is we're all teachers, right? Each and every one of us. And sometimes we don't even know who we're teaching, right? It's without trying. We are observed doing something and somebody either makes a right decision or a wrong one or a right judgment or a wrong one. So it's a serious thing to teach. You know, Jesus said in one of his more loving moments, if you teach somebody something wrong that causes them to sin, it would be better that a millstone were tied around your neck and you were thrown into the ocean, right? He's so gentle you know, and kind, but it's a serious thing. And he was being serious about it, you know. And a millstone's big. 
I don't know if any of you are familiar with them, but millstone's big. If somebody ties a millstone around, you know, it makes cement shoes look like nothing, you know. So tie a millstone around your neck and throw you overboard, right? So it's incumbent upon us to try our best to teach the proper things. James goes on to say there, you know, you can put a bridle in a horse's mouth and you can, you know, horses are pretty big, right? Most of them full-grown, as I'm used to, again, in my neck of the woods, a quarter horse, a full-grown quarter horse is a big critter. And you just, you know, you put that bit in its mouth, put that bridle on it, and they'll pretty much go where you want them to go. Or he says, like a ship, in comparison to the overall size of a ship, a rudder is a pretty small thing. He says, but it takes great winds to blow the ship. But you can turn the rudder, the tiller, one way or the other, and the ship goes that way. And James says our tongues are analogous to that. We set the direction of our lives in place by our tongues, as well as helping or hurting the direction in other people's lives. Just like that rudder on the ship is our tongue. As the poem goes, one of my favorites, some ships ply east and some ply west by the selfsame wind that blows. It's not the gale, but the trim of the sail that determines where it goes. The same way with us. The circumstances around us can be all sorts of things, but that doesn't mean that we have to say one thing or another. That's an important thing. Now, I think, this is, I think this is a point a lot of us miss, but there's actually more and more, there's more and more hard science to back this up. But, but of course, what, what you will find, I believe, when you study the scripture and you store it up, that hard science will always back it up. It's, it's the way it is. But this has to do with what we say. And not just what we say to other people, but what we say to ourselves. What we say to ourselves is so very, very, very important. James is, is primarily talking here about what we say to other people and the effects that that has and how it's wrong. It's just, it's just wrong for us to curse someone that's made in the image of God. But along those same lines, we're made in the image of God. And as I read to open up from the first chapter of Genesis there, what we see, God spoke into being. And we're created in God's image. What we say is so, so very important. There's maybe no action that any of us can take that's more important than controlling what we say. Yet, as James said there, we all fall short. We all fall short. And he said if any of us would be absolutely perfect in controlling our speech, we would be perfect. We would be perfect. 
So he says there, after he talks about the tongue being like a rudder, he also says what? It's like fire. It's like fire. You know? And we all know that you can take a tiny spark and the right amount of fuel and you can have a flame just like these on the altar behind me, right? These flames on the altar behind me are behaving properly right now. But it wouldn't take much to use them to start a fire that could soon be out of control, right? Same way with our tongues, James tells us. And he facts, in fact, and it's kind of a bad translation here where it says that, and is itself set on fire by hell. What it says there is not hell. You know, when you, usually when you read hell, you know, you think about the devil and a fork, a pitchfork and, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. That's not what's going on here at all. The word here is Gehenna. Gehenna. Gehenna is the garbage dump around Jerusalem. And they, and they burn the trash out there, right? They burn the trash out there. So you could say, James is saying here, it's like garbage, garbage that causes a fire when you speak carelessly, when you speak carelessly to another person. Now, I talked about the hard science, and I want to bring up a couple of examples here, both in relationship to us and others and the relationship we all have on ourselves, on ourselves. When we are given a negative word from someone. If somebody comes up to us and says, you know, you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny, you know, for example, it hurts us. It hurts us and it sticks with us. It sticks with us for a while, right? I would imagine there are some of you sitting here this morning who had somebody say something very negative to you years ago, and you haven't forgotten it. Whereas if that same person had walked up to you and said, I like your blouse, or I like your tie, that color looks good on you, you would have probably smiled and enjoyed the compliment, but you're probably not thinking about it 30 years later, right? Important thing, it's an important thing to think about. Why is that? Why is that? It's for our survival. That's why it is. Negative things stick to us like Velcro. Positive things are more like Teflon. They kind of they, they slough off. Now, enough positive things will stick there, and they help, definitely. That's part of the whole deal. It works both ways. But the negative things tend to stick with you more because in nature, if you burn yourself, for example, since we're talking about fire, I'm not going to go over here and stick my hand on top of this flame, right? Because I've done that before. And, and I know that it will hurt me, right? It will hurt me. Negative sensations stick to us so that we live for survival. But they can also hurt us very, very deeply. Very, very deeply. 
And we shouldn't, we shouldn't look at others who are created in God's image and say bad things about them and say bad things about them. We should say good things, positive things, uplifting things. And the other place this comes in is, I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine a good number of you out there have recently gotten a flu shot. Now, of those of you who have recently gotten a flu shot, I also imagine there are a good percentage of you who say things like, I was around somebody with a runny nose. I hope I don't catch a cold or catch the flu or something like that. You are programming yourself when you say things like that to work against the inoculation that you went and got. It really does work that way on a molecular level. And there's biochemistry to show it these days. I don't have time to go into it. Or if I, you wouldn't like it if I went into it. But trust me, it's there. Or have you, have you ever known somebody who says something like, I'm going kind of slow today because of my rheumatism? And they act like it's a, it sounds like it's a puppy or something, right? Like, so like my German shepherd, right? I feed my German shepherd and I take care of it. They cultivate or they have a possessive idea about a loving feeling toward a malady. Not a good idea. It's not a good idea. It's not a good plan at all. So the fire runs rampant. The koala bears are running. The eucalyptus trees are burning down and you can't stop it. We can start those sorts of things with our tongue. And in fact, I don't, I don't have to bring up examples. All of you see it around us in the world everywhere today, everywhere today. Uh, many people don't even have civil discourse with each other, even if they disagree on different issues. Or I should say, especially when they disagree on different issues. But here's the thing. That same tongue that can light that fire and be so destructive can be positive and can be good. This time of year particularly, the last part of January, the first part of February, where I grew up, up in the panhandle, it would nearly always be cold. And I'm not talking San Antonio cold, where it gets 45 and everybody, you know, it gets 45 and everybody pulls out their mucklucks and their, you know, their, their winter parkas and everything. And, you, you know, and you wonder, what's the matter? I'm talking about when it was really cold. We had a fireplace. And the fire was a good thing, right? It warmed us up. You can also use fire to boil water to kill some of those germs that might cause things, or to take a bath, or to wash your clothes, or to cook your food. See, it's how we use it, just like it's how we use our tongues that matter. We can say to somebody, I love you, and I want you to be better, and I want you to be well. Or we can say something horrible to somebody, right? we got to tame that tongue. You know, Siegfried and Roy, they may be able to tame the lions and tigers most of the time. And we've got people out here at SeaWorld that keep Shamu at bay. And all sorts of other animals are tamed, it says, because we're given dominion over them. 
but how many of us work, really work, on taming our tongues? We have the power to do it, each and every one of us. And we can get better about it all the time. We have to practice. It's like anything we do. We have to practice. We have to make a decision. We have to have a vision of what it's going to be like when there isn't any want or sickness or hate. We have to have the intention of doing it. And we have to have the means to bring it around. We all have those three things when it comes to our speech and what we say. And it's so vitally, vitally important. I'll close with a few words that Jesus had to say about what we have to say. Because as James reminded us at the first, not many of us should be teachers. And Jesus was the smartest man who ever lived. He was also the best teacher there ever was. From Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person brings good things out of a good treasure. And the evil person brings evil things out of an evil treasure. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. The word of the Lord.